Running is not meant to be stressful, and it doesn't have to be complicated. It's meant to bring us joy, clarity, and confidence. That's why I'm on a mission to teach you how I keep running simple and help you find your inner grit. Let's put an end to the idea that running is just one more weight loss strategy, because the truth is, running can actually be your ticket to a happier, more fulfilled life. By the way, this misconception that running is only meant for certain people, that the ability to run is something you either have or you don't, well, this just isn't true. Running has nothing to do with ability and everything to do with confidence. So follow me while I show you how to run your happy life. Welcome to the Run Your Happy Life podcast. I am Tina, and thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Whether you are on a run and I'm in your headphones, or maybe you're driving and I'm hanging out with you in your car today, or if you're like me, I really love to listen to podcasts while I'm cleaning or doing you know tasks that I typically like to avoid, <laughs> like cooking. Um, sometimes I put a podcast in and listen to it, and it just helps the time to go by. And I don't know, it makes everything seem to go faster. So. Um, whatever you're doing right now, I'm really grateful to be spending this time in your ear, hanging out with you, and hopefully giving you some inspiration and motivation and, you know, all the good feelings to help you realize that you're doing an amazing job at life. Life is hard. The struggles that you are going through are legit. They are normal. You know, life looks easy for a lot of people, especially now with social media. I was talking to a friend the other day about how I think when our kids are adults, I really hope that the pendulum swings the other way and they are not on social media as much as we are. Like, I just feel like our generation, like it was, it was pretty new to us whenever we were growing up. And I just feel like we are constantly, you know, scrolling because I don't know, it's like the expectation now, you know, everyone's on there, which is amazing. It's so cool to be able to see the things that we see and talk to people that we otherwise would never see again. But it, you know, it poses its challenges of, you know, the comparison problem. We have this idea that we compare our normal life to everybody's highlight reel, literally to everybody's highlight reel, and think that, you know, we're not doing good enough. We're lacking somehow. We see things and think we should be doing that. And, and it's very, very hard to be growing up in, you know, a society like that right now that kind of, you know, we put the pressure on ourselves, but also it just creates this dynamic of you only, people want to show the things that they're proud of, the, the happy moments. Like they don't typically want to show things that they're struggling with. And because of that, we don't often see the struggle as much as we see these amazing moments and then think that we're kind of alone in certain struggles that we have. So um, that's difficult. That's very difficult. And so I do always appreciate and love when people put, you know, when they're they're pretty real and and put things out there that many of us can relate to because it is life and life is freaking hard. Life is hard, you know, and people say it doesn't have to be. And, and that's true to a degree. Like there are things I think we need to constantly analyze in our lives to see like, you know, what could we get rid of? What could we do differently so that it's not, you know, a struggle in every aspect? Like we could definitely, you know, quote unquote, clean house as far as things that we we take on. But, you know, in general, it's, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot for us to do. It's a lot for us to kind of, to juggle. And I want to be someone who's very realistic 
in your ear today. I want to be someone who reminds you that, you know, the struggle is real. You're doing a great job. There are so many things that you're doing that you should be so proud of right now. Remember to focus on those and remember that we're just, we're not always going to be 100% balanced. We're not. Like we're always going to be leaning into one particular direction or one aspect of our life more than others because that's the way it works. They're just, there really isn't a way to quote unquote balance everything. It's just, it's not a thing. And so we often find ourselves leaning into different things at different times based on what's going on in our life, right? An example might be if there's something going on at work, if you work full time and you're leaning into that, so you're working a lot, like that can be frustrating because you feel out of balance. And so it's something that work, you know, it might be required of you for work right now, but you know, when that's over, you will eventually begin to counterbalance. Like you will always lean into another direction. So you'll lean away from work a little bit and lean into what it is you felt like you were missing. Maybe you were missing out on family time or you weren't taking care of your health as much as you'd like to. And so you will lean back in the other direction into something that you feel like needs more attention. And so that's what like, it's more of like a back and forth and ebb and flow than it is just a constant balance. Like you just don't stay 100%. Like if you're sitting on a bicycle, you don't say stay sitting upright for the entire ride of life. It just doesn't happen. Sometimes you lean to the left, sometimes you lean to the right. And we just continue to continue to counterbalance that to find as much, you know, balance that we can find within the different aspects of our life. And so it happens with everybody. I can see it in my own life. I can see it with in my running groups. It happens, you know, people ebb and flow and get really excited and get really motivated and get really determined. And then, you know, things happen and then they miss a week or they miss a workout and it's okay as long as you just remind yourself that nobody is completely imbalanced and whatever it is that's like tugging at you, whatever it feels like you're not, you feel like you're not doing enough of for yourself and for the life that you want to live, then lean into that for a while, lean into it and just know that it will constantly ebb and flow and whatever you're leaning into right now, it's okay. It is okay. You must have needed to lean into that for some reason that part of your life, that aspect of your life needed your attention at that time. And that's okay. Like, don't think about all the things you're not leaning into. Think about the thing that you're leaning into and then think about why you're leaning into it, why that's a necessity right now and why eventually it'll kind of like, you know, you'll wean off of that and into something else. And it's okay. I just, I really like that analogy because it helps to remind me that, you know, I often struggle with mom guilt and I struggle with, you guys know that, like I will find a way to feel guilty about things. And I work full-time as a school counselor. And then I have the running business in the evenings and on the weekends. And of course, I'm parenting full-time, wifing full-time, and and trying to make sure I take care of my health too with my own running. And that's a lot to balance. And and I feel like that I, I won't be able to juggle it forever. I know that. I feel like I'm leaning a lot into this running stuff because it's required of me right now. Like I have to lean into it. I've got a challenge coming out this weekend, which I'm super pumped about. I know that this will have to be something I lean into for the next two weeks because I've got new people who are learning all about how to become a runner and I'm going to give them that part of me because that's kind of the deal we made. You know, they, they're coming to me and I'm going to be there to lean into them and to help them to see, you know, what they're capable of. And I'm super excited about that. And I know that will mean that I have to be leaning out of other things and that's okay. I'm trying to set the stage for myself and, and do all the things to prep to be ready to lean into that part of my life for the next couple of weeks. And so, you know, I've worked on 
getting my kids, like thinking about like what lunches I can prepack and and having their clothes all laid out so that they're good to go and setting some time aside that I'll I'll be with them in between leaving my you know day job of school counseling and before I start the coaching sessions in the evening for those, you know, five nights of next week. And then, you know, following up with everybody who still has questions or is thinking about joining our next team that starts in January. Like, so all the things, and it's all good stuff. It's really good. I mean, I feel so grateful for it. And it, it truly lights me up. Like, that's why I do it. I love it so much. It is becoming like an addiction. It really is. Like, I don't even know how else to explain it other than watching people doubt themselves and think that there's no way that they they could accomplish these goals that we talk about in in terms of running and and so much more than running like the physical aspect is such a small piece of it but there's like this whole person shift this transformation that takes place and in, in the way that new brand new runners start to see themselves and start to think about running and start to think about health and start to think about weight loss and start to think about strength and start to think about you know, goals and, and big goals that they never thought possible for them. And so it's so, so cool when that light switch goes on and it's like, oh, like this could be me. Like I could be a part of this community. I, I could set goals that I only thought my friends could do or, you know, that I, I saw people and thought like, oh, well, they must be a runner. Like it's not as hard as you think it is. And it doesn't have to be as complicated. And that's my goal in our coaching sessions that we're going to do this week, the next starting on November 27th. We're going to be talking a lot about that, like how to simplify it. We're going to talk about like the basic necessities and how to keep running as a nice little addition into your life, but not make it all consuming, but show that when you show up consistently over a period of time and you make it that small part of your life, like we're going to carve out three chunks of time each week for about 30 minutes each time. So that's an hour and a half per week that we're going to devote to training, to running, and watch how when you consistently do that over time, like you can reach goals that you never thought possible. I mean, I'm talking about running three miles, running six miles. My runners are currently training for 13.1 miles. Some of them already ran 13.1 miles and some of them are training for full marathons down the road, which is 26 miles now, but it all started with learning how to carve out 30 minutes, three times a week. And here's the crazy thing, but I want to clarify this because this is really important to me. We never deviate from that schedule of three days a week. If you do down the road, new runners decide they want to run 13.1 miles, like, yeah, do it. You're never going to deviate from the three days a week. What will happen is your runs will, for like the eight weeks before the race, they will get substantially longer and you'll have to be running for a longer period of time during those three weeks, but your body will be ready for it. So it's nothing to be worried about. It's just more about the time commitment. Like, is this something that I want to put my time into right now? Is that like, is this a season of life that I want to do that in? But that's it. How crazy is it that that's the only decision you have to make is, do I have time for this? Does this feel good for me right now? Can I make this fit into my schedule? And if the answer is yes, like, well then heck yeah, go do it because it's going to give you like a boost like you've never imagined because that's like, there's something about a half marathon. It's like a unicorn race because I mean, a 10K is two, 6.2 miles is no joke. Like that's not a 5K. Every, it's always everybody's starting point, right? Like couch to 5K or, um, you know, I want to get to three miles. Like there's something about that distance that's really, you know, like tangible. And so that's always the first goal. But what's crazy, what happens is when you consistently show up over time and you reach that goal, you're like, hmm, I wonder what else I can do. Like, wow, I did that and I didn't die. Like I did that and it was possible. Like where can I go next? And so typically the 8K, right? Five miles and then 10K, 6.2 
and it never fails. And, and now I have data to support that because my runners, I've been doing this long enough to see my runners go through this process. And we've realized, we've talked about this and I've talked about this on the podcast, but something happens around the one year mark. Like something clicks around the one year mark of showing up for yourself three times a week for the entire year, which goes by so fast. When you're setting goals that are months away, like, and you're, you're showing up three times a week for a goal that is months down the road, before you know it, you've trained for four months to get to your one goal. And it's like, wow, four months, like there's only 12 months in a year. Like, so it goes so fast. You literally train for like three different races or three different goals. And then boom, you've hit one year already. And then something clicks, right? Something clicks and you suddenly say, or you suddenly start thinking like, wow, if I can do that and I just continued showing up consistently, I wonder if I could. And, and there's, you know, there's a big jump between the 10K and the half marathon. 10K is 6.2 miles. And then your half marathon is 13 miles, 13.1 miles. Like it's really hard to wrap your mind around that. You know, I, I think that there's something so glorious about that because it enters you into a different like stage of running. Like you have to learn how to get out of your head and get out of your thoughts. And, and it's really valuable if you can do that early on with your shorter distances, with your 5Ks and your 10Ks, it is possible but it does take some practice. And once you're able to like escape that, you know, your mind. And when I say escape your mind, I'm not talking about like not thinking. I'm talking about not thinking about how am I breathing? How are my footsteps hitting the ground? Am I hungry? Am I tired? Am I out of breath? Am I going too fast? Like getting out of that. Like you, you, over time, you start to develop like a sense of effort level. And you can kind of, what I always refer to as like settle in, you find your comfort level where you're pushing a little bit, but you're not panting, you're not breathing so hard, and you allow yourself to settle into this place, right? This like comfortably uncomfortable place, and then you start cruising. And once you find that zone, like that comfortable, uncomfortable, that comfortably uncomfortable zone, you can sit in there and you can settle in, and then the miles will just start to tick by. And it feels more like you're on a journey versus I'm checking a box, if that makes sense. Like, you stop looking at the miles, you stop looking at the time and you start just, you know, being with your surroundings, being in your thoughts. And I know that sounds crazy and it sounds a little woo woo, but really it's just, it's honestly almost like meditation while running and it does come and it actually, you don't have to run that far for that to occur. Like that can absolutely happen if you really work on, you know, not obsessing over the minutes, not obsessing over the miles and allow yourself to slow the heck down because that's the biggest key right there is everybody wants to kind of, you know, bust out of the gate and get this run done. Right. And they think that running is supposed to look a certain way, but once you can embrace that whole, like, I'm going to settle into this, it's pretty amazing because your runs start to feel so life-giving and they start to feel like such a, like almost this, I don't know, this doesn't make sense, but like, almost like you've rested, almost like you've allowed your body and your mind to settle a little bit and stop racing and, and you know, all of the thoughts and all of the worries, like you've allowed it to take a break from that and you feel so refreshed when you're done. And so I think whenever you work yourself up to a half marathon, like there's something about that where you have to learn how to settle in and, and you just, you cannot grow, you know, the whole, the whole saying of you can't go through something. You have to go through something to get over something or whatever it is. Like you grow what you go through or something along those lines. Like you go, you, whenever you go through something, like some sort of difficulty, some sort of adversity, some sort of challenge, you grow inevitably through that. And so when you kind of challenge yourself to get to these uncomfortable levels for this, you know, uncomfortable amount of time, 
it forces you to grow and you start to learn a lot about yourself. And so I just, I feel like it's a little, I feel like that's life-changing and, and it's addicting and it's addicting. And once you've seen you, you, you can do that. It's like, it doesn't stop. Like it doesn't stop. And I did this, I personally did this all the way to an ultra marathon, which is 50 miles. I mean, I did it to 30 miles. I did several 31 mile races. But then I got myself all the way up to 50 and I had every intention of running a 100 mile race, which I still intend to do. It is on my bucket list. Um, but I did get pregnant and I had my first baby and then I, you know, and then I had my second one and, and it was again, just a matter of time commitment. And to me in this season, I am not willing to sacrifice that much time to train for a 100 mile race. Like that would, that wouldn't, I would spend so much time on those long runs thinking about how I'm missing time with my family, especially because I work during the day and technically I work at night too. So I'm kind of like doing, you know, essentially, even though I love them both so much, but it is having two jobs and a family. So, you know, running for me, I maxed out at my marathon. When I did the marathon in May, I knew that was kind of like my limit for what I was willing to sacrifice time-wise with my family to make that happen. Now I still did it in three days a week, but I had to, we had to get a babysitter. Mike did it with me and it, it really was enjoyable. I really feel like we had date days whenever those, those, moments happen. And there were plenty of runs when like we got on each other's nerves, his water bottle would not stop making noise and we would get in an argument. And then there were times when we laughed so hard because like he would make these random noise, his body was making these random noises and we were running just because I felt like it was working so hard and we would just die laughing. So, you know, and then there were a lot of long runs we did on our own, which was kind of cool too. Like that's honestly my jam is kind of to run on my own because I really love the whole like meditation aspect, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so I knew though that this is not my season to be running ultras. It's just not because I don't want to give that time up and that's okay. That's where I am, but I do hope to do it one day. I 100% want to do 100 miler and I hope by that point I am able to do it to where I can run an ultra, a 100 miler where you can have like a little mini crew you know, and some of them after a certain time of day, because you do run through the night, you can have somebody pace you like people can pace you so you don't get lost <laughs> right now. Some of you are listening to me like, I cannot believe I listen to this lady. I cannot believe I follow her advice. Like she wants to run in the dark through the night with somebody guiding her so she doesn't get lost. Yes. <laughs> and if you stick with me long enough, you will too, because I'm a normal person just like anybody else. But I do have an insane amount of confidence in my ability to, you know, get through adverse situations when it comes to running. I really do. Like I am okay with getting uncomfortable. I I embrace it. I welcome it. I know I can get through it because I've done it so many times and you can too. You can do it. It's just a matter of continuing to show up even when things are inconvenient, even when things are difficult, even when you don't think you can do it, like doing it anyway, then you realize like, oh, I, I am kind of a badass. Like I can make this happen. Um, so anyway, I hope that I can do it where I can have pacers and I would love to have like my soulmates be able to run some of it with me here and there to do like some laps with, with some of my runners. I think that would be amazing. Like everything, you know, coming full circle and having that support would be, would be amazing. So I hope that that happens. I always said, people ask me all the time and I'll have to do a podcast specifically on this, but people ask me all the time, Tina, are you going to quit your job and just do the run coaching thing like for a living? And, um, I cannot make that happen right now. I really can't. Um, you know, there, there's a lot there. 
financially, I can't make that happen. Insurance-wise, I can't really make that happen. It just doesn't make sense for us to make that happen right now. And I also love my job. I, I love my job. I love being a school counselor. I love it so much. This year, I work with pre-K, kindergarten, first and second grade. I teach lessons in classrooms. I run small groups. I do individuals, individual students, and I just absolutely love it. They, they lift my spirits. They fill my heart. Like they fill my bucket. I love them and I love helping them. I love teaching them. I love talking to them about their feelings and how to self-regulate and, and teaching them about their brain and how their brain is in control of their thoughts. And, you know, they can change their thoughts to change the way that they feel like I'm kind of, I'm, I love it so much. So, um, it's not something that I'm going to do now, but if there was ever a time when I did only work one job, if down the road, years down the road, I was only doing the running coaching thing, like if that's what I got to, I would 100% start training for a 100 miler because I would carve that time out while my kids were at school and I would make that training happen. And then I would just like record the journey and make that part of my work, my running work and, and call it a day. So if you ever find me going full time with the running business or run coaching, because I do love it so much. Um, you better watch out because I would probably try to find a way to, to get that 100 miler and drag every single one of you with me, um, at least for parts of it, because it would be so fun. Okay. So that was a long way around to get to my point of what I even wanted to talk about tonight. And I wanted to answer some challenger questions. So the challenge is kicking off on Sunday. I just opened the Facebook group today. So if you're a challenger and listening to this and you haven't gotten in there yet, get in there. There's an invite link in your email. And I'm also trying to connect with y'all through Facebook Messenger. So again, if you're listening to this and we're not friends on Facebook, you want to go ahead and friend me. You want to friend me under Tina Repa, not Tina Repa running, but friend me so I can connect with you on Messenger to make sure that you're getting into the group and I can be there to answer any questions that you have. So I'm trying to search you guys for, for all the challenges. It is taking a little while, but trying to find you. But you know, Facebook is so huge. You type in one person's name and you have like 25 people that, that show up. And so rather than friending all, you know, 15 people with the same name, I'm just hoping that, you know, we can connect through the podcast, through email, and that eventually I can get, we can exchange on Messenger so that we can get any questions that you have answered and I can make sure you have access to all the things because it's going to be so, so freaking fun. The, the coaching is going to be, it's going to be so good. And I, I just finished my intro video for the group. So whenever that, all the challengers and my, their hype squad, so my team members, my runners go in there and get into the group, there's a welcome video there. And I, I talk a lot about how in the program of the challenge, like the, the, the real value is going to come from the coaching sessions. Like you can go online and maybe you don't know this and it's going to be life-changing for you, but you can literally Google run training plans. There are hundreds, thousands of them out there. Like you can get them for free. You can type in anything. Like you could type in like 5k training plan or um, running or beginners running plans. You can do, you know, any of that. So the value is not necessarily in the actual physical part. Now, I am very proud of the plans that I created. I feel like we have fine-tuned it to the point where like it is ideal for a non-runner, somebody who's not physically active to go from zero to 5K within 10 weeks. Like I feel really good about that. So I don't want to, I don't want to take value away from that. So it is, I do really love that. However, if you're looking at the challenge as a whole, what you would benefit from most if you're coming in for the first time and 
You're wondering like, how can this challenge help me? Show up for the coaching. The mindset is 90% of the work. And that's what we're going to be talking about in mindset. The strategy for how to be new at this and how to make it doable. The strategy for how to um, become comfortably uncomfortable. Uh, the strategy for how to go farther and not burn out so quickly. We're going to talk about the strategy for breaking out of the cycle of running is about exercise. The exercise is about weight loss. Weight loss is about burning calories, like getting out of that mindset to allow you to embrace running and love running for what it's doing for your body. And so like if there was one thing I could say is get in that group, show up for the coaching and connect with the people in there. Like you have access to a running coach. You have access to an entire team who is here, who has been where you are going through this process that wants to cheer you on. So if you wanted to get anything out of this, show up for coaching and connect with this team. Ask the questions, ask them, show up and 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 let us know what who you are and where you're from and what you're struggling with. Like that is the best advice I can give you to soak up anything that you can possibly get throughout this week if you're a challenger right now. So if you're one of my runners and listening to this, I just want you guys to take some time to just just really take it in, that mindset, that place where our newest challengers are coming from and try to remember when you were there because I think that's that's going to be huge for you to think back to like, wow, that was me not that long ago and look at me now because that really was you. All of those doubts and all those fears and all those questions and concerns, like how crazy that you've grown so much now that you are so confident in your ability that you can set goals that you never dreamed possible and work towards those right now because you were that same person not that long ago. So take the time to embrace that and take some time to search for yourself in the challenge group. Type in your name and look at your challenge post because that's so eye-opening. You can actually look at the physical person who showed up when you started this and decided like, I'm going on this journey. This is for me. I deserve this. I need this in my life. I need to put myself first and look at that person who made that decision and look at the person you've become because of that. Like, it's pretty incredible. And you you should pat yourself on the back because you leaned into that because you knew that you needed it. And look what happened because of it. You should just feel so proud of that. So going over to a couple of questions that I got, my challengers got a, a little survey so that I could help learn about them and what their needs are going into this challenge. It's just very helpful for me. And I wanted to answer a couple of those on here right now. So um, let's see. One of them, let's see. Okay. One of them says, I am age 55. I'm menopausal and busy with jobs, so I'm tired most of the time. I had I had to go last year, but gave up when I broke my shoulder. It's unrelated, not through running. I started again this July. I'm pretty good at getting out, but haven't gotten beyond the run to walk five minutes. I got stuck on a couch to 5K program. Keeping even slowly running instead of walking is challenging. Okay, so to address that, 100% um, age... 55, like that's, I have many runners who are over 55 who have gone through this process and have been perfectly fine and felt, you know, very good from, from what has come from it. So 100%, I do not think that age is a factor in whether or not you should start. So I should say, you guys, this, this really should go without saying that, of course, you know, talking to your doctor is the best way to make sure that you are physically capable of, you know, starting a running program. But as far as like, can I be a runner because I'm 55? Like, Absolutely. Like many runners start later in their life, honestly. When their life slows down a little bit, that's when they say, like, huh, I wonder if this is something that I could pursue. So 100% that is, it's not a factor. Um, menopause and busy jobs, so tired most of the time. Here's what I will tell you. And I I feel like there are posts about this, there are memes about this, people talk about this all the time, but I'm going to speak from personal experience. 
I am so much more tired when I am not running. I am not kidding. I am so much more tired. When I have a break week or if I have like, if we take a couple weeks off after a race or if we, you know, just decide randomly like, hey, we're going to take this week off just to give everybody a little reboot and a refresh. Like I am so tired. I come home from work and all I want to do is nap. I am so worthless. When I'm that tired and I go for a run, it lights me up. It gives me more energy to finish a run than it does to lay down on the couch and quote unquote rest. So there is no doubt in my mind, like I, it might be, you know what? I'm going to say it, it is hard for most people, especially in these darker months. Like it would be crazy to think that it's easy for anybody. Like it is hard. It is hard to get done working. It is hard to put on your running clothes and then go out there, but it only takes you like two to three minutes of being out there. And then something happens. Like you all of a sudden don't feel tired anymore. You feel like you're lit up. You feel like you could go forever. And then you come home and you're like, not only do you feel energized, like it will also change the way that you, you fuel your body after a run too. Like you'll come home and not want to put crap in your body. Not that it's about weight loss, but you'll just feel so proud and so good and feel so strong about your body that you'll come home and you'll treat it better. You'll probably go to sleep better. Like I am so much more tired when I don't run. So this idea that you know, you come home from work and you're tired. And that's true. Like that is legit. I know that it's your body being tired. You will see the opposite effect happen when you start to consistently show up running. And you don't have to run every day for that to happen. But even showing up three times a week, you will see a difference in your energy level throughout the entire week when you consistently show up for yourself three times a week. I promise you that. I promise you that. You will have more energy. I know it doesn't make sense because you think you're, you know, I'm burning calories. I'm using my fuel. But you will have more energy from running than you would from staying home and sitting on the couch or, you know, quote unquote resting. Cause you do, even when I would come home and say like, I'm, I'm just going to lay here for a few minutes on my rest weeks. Like I never felt rested. Like it didn't matter how long I laid there. I was so tired. I was still dragging myself around. Meanwhile, had I gone for a run, even a quick run, just even if it was just like a 20, 15, 20 minute run, which never happens like that, because I would say like, Oh, I'm just going to go a little bit more. But even if I did that, I would come home and feel more energized and ready to pack lunches and get, you know, clothes ready for the next day. So I 100% know that you'll have more energy once you pursue this goal. The Couch to 5K program, I've had a lot of runners who have come to me from that. And it's it's interesting. I've never done it before. Um, I think it's like a $5 app you can get. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you've never tried running, I, I, I think that it does work for some people. I think that it's a great, you know, it's a great thing to try. I don't know how many days a week. I feel like it's four or five days a week. And I know it's from beginner. And what I what I do understand, because I talked to the runner I talked to probably about two weeks ago who had tried the program, she was frustrated because she said that at the end of the program, you don't get to three miles, you get to 30 minutes, but, you know, depending on how fast you run. And so that was frustrating her. She wanted to be able to do a 5K and she wasn't running a 10-minute mile, so she wasn't able to do the three miles in the 30 minutes and felt frustrated that she had stuck to the program. But a lot of people have said that when they got to the five-minute mark or the six-minute mark in Couch to 5K, they just got stuck and kept trying to repeat that week. One of my first runners, my first runner who joined me after doing trying to Couch to 5K um, got stuck on the four minute. So she kept like repeating the four minute week and repeating it. And then she said she had tried that program numerous times and got stuck on the four minutes each time she went back. And so 
I think the biggest part of that is I don't, again, I can't speak to the program because I don't know what it is, but the, the difference is, you know, with us and why our runners seem to be so successful is the accountability and the team building. You know, you don't want to be left behind. And so if your team is showing up and they're running five minutes and they're doing it three times a week, it's balanced. So it's not overwhelming. You're not like, oh, I can't do this for five days this week. You do it for three days and your team is moving along and you kind of want to keep up with them. So everybody's pretty motivated to get out there and keep moving. So um, I think that's probably the big difference. And again, I keep everything to three days a week and I always keep it right where I'm pushing you out of your comfort zone a tiny bit, but it's still doable. So I think that's the big difference. So I would say don't compare this process, this journey to a Couch to 5K program because it's very different. You have a coach, you have a team. If of course you were to decide to stay with us, you have a coach, you have a team, you have plans that are delivered one week at a time and it's only three days a week. So it's not overwhelming by any means. So so it's I don't think that's an indicator as to whether or not you can run a 5K. I think that might have just been not the right plan for you. Um, so the challenge is going to run very, the free challenge is going to run very much like our program, Sue. So you'll find success even in the first week being in the challenge. You're going to be so motivated to keep, you know, keep up with your challenge team and to take in all the mindset work. So, you know, come in, come with us, hang out with us and see how you feel at the end of the week. I think you're going to feel really, really good. Okay. So with the winter warriors crew, so those who are doing the challenge, if they decide to sign up with us and the person who asked this. She's already signed up. I'll tell you this. She reached out to me months ago and said, like, I went on, I went on the team, put me on the team. Like, so she's already signed up for the program. So she is asking, will her team be ready for the relay of the Pittsburgh Marathon? Okay, so that's the beginning of May. And the relay is the marathon broken into different parts. And so there are some like three mile parts and there are some six mile parts. And what I would say to this runner is that you'll be ready for a 5k, let me think this through. So January, we'll start with the 10 weeks. So that would be four, I think there's five, six, seven, eight. So we'll say the very beginning of March, you'd be at three miles. And then that would give you March and April, two months. You, I would say you can definitely sign up for the relay. At the very least, you'll be able to do four of the miles by that point. Probably, probably I would say four and a half miles you'd be able to do. And even if you sign up for a leg that was like five miles or five and a half miles, you could always walk. You know, you could always run what you are trained to run and then walk that part of it. You know, it would still be a super fun experience and you can always see, you know, how far you can get. But you would definitely be trained up to be able to do a part of that for sure and feel pretty strong about it. Definitely the, the shorter the shorter leg of the race, which I think is 3.8 is the shortest leg. You will definitely be ready. But I would say you'd probably be ready for about four, four and a half, four to, mm, we'll say four miles for sure by that point, probably four and a half. I hope that answers that question. Um, okay. How do you get through the first few days of running? I feel like they are so hard. You just want to throw in the towel. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that a lot on days one and two. So, it, you know, the reason people hate running typically in the beginning, like the first time that they go out, the first couple of times they go out is because they have no concept of what running should feel like. And so for most of us, when we say like run, you think of like, I'm running from a bear or I'm running from an attacker, right? And you, you head out the door and you start running, which is like, again, as if someone's chasing you, that's not very comfortable and it's not very sustainable. So what I will teach you throughout the, the challenge is how to think of your effort level and how to use your pace as your guide. Your pace is like the ultimate controller for everything. 
you are going to slow your pace, which will slow your breathing, which will slow your body, which will slow your mind. And you're going to get into a zone where you're like, am I, is this fast enough? And the answer is yes. Like if you are comfortable, but you're still jogging, then the answer is yes. And, and I'm going to teach you how to do that, how to rein it in so that you can go nice and slow, relax your body, and you don't feel miserable because nobody can sprint like that out of their comfort zone and actually like it and get through the first couple of days. So I'm going to teach you how to control that pace, to control your body, to control your breathing, to control your mind, and to simplify everything so that you slow down and get into that comfort zone. And then we allow that to build over time. Like you start to feel like, oh, I know where I am. Like I'm in the groove now. I've got this. And then you'll learn what that place feels like. And that will be your new goal for your runs during the run sections of your workouts. And so it's kind of like, oh, I, so when I said I'm going for a run, it doesn't mean like I'm running like someone's chasing me. No, you're going to find this jog that's going to be comfortable for you that you can maintain over a longer period of time. So I promise that that will be the game changer for you. And so the first few days won't feel like torture because I'm going to teach you how to do it comfortably. Um, and you won't want to throw in the towel. So, okay. The next question says, I have five children and work full time. It's hard for me to find time for myself. Girl, yes. Five kids is exactly why you need this time for yourself. I have two kids and I can totally relate to that whole concept of you feel like there is no time that belongs to you, right? It belongs to everybody else, especially if you work full time and you know you have a significant other. And you have kids on top of that. You literally spend your days making sure everybody else is okay, which is exactly why you need this. And and I, I it doesn't sound like you know from looking at your reflections to the mom who wrote this it doesn't sound like you're saying that you don't need this. So you know that you need it as part of your life. You're just not really sure how to make it fit. And I'm going to tell you the most important part of how to make this work, especially if you are taking care of other people. So especially for moms, those of us who pretty much give our time, we spend our time giving to others and making sure everyone else is okay. The most important thing you need to do is you need to stake your claim in the three days a week that you're going to dedicate to this. So the beauty of this is that when I became a mom, I knew that I needed to change my perspective on what running looked like and how I was going to be successful in running. I was no longer single and you know, only worrying about myself and having so much time on my hands when I can train for the ultras. And I became a mom and it was like a slap in the face of like, whoa, literally no time is mine anymore. And so it took me years to figure out that I needed to recalibrate what I viewed as successful. So, you know, part of why I find our workout so successful and people who work out with me is because we stick to three days a week, no matter what. Like we've reached all of our goals all the way up to a full marathon training three days a week and never deviating from that. And so first of all, that balance is the most important, right? Is that you are setting yourself up for success by saying, I'm going to dedicate three days a week. That means four days a week, I don't have to run. I don't even have to work out if I don't want to. So if I can just make this work three days a week, I can reach my goals and feel good about myself and accomplished. That was a game changer for me when it became three days a week. So the second thing is, is you have to stake your claim in that time and make it belong to you. This is hard. You will meet so much resistance with this because everyone is used, is used to having you all the time, having access to you. They're used to you being, you know, the martyr and giving up everything for them. Like that's what they're expecting. And so when you start to, to make this time yours, 
There will be resistance. It will feel hard. You will feel guilt. They will probably unintentionally make you feel guilty by asking questions like, where are you going? How long will you be gone? And are you coming back? And are you making dinner? All the things are going to happen. That's totally normal. And it is okay to respond with, mommy needs this so that I can feel good about myself. This is mommy time. This is for me. And stake that claim. Do not deviate from it. Find the three days and times a week that work for you. And what starts to happen is over the period of a couple of weeks, it won't take long, the expectation will be, this is mommy's time. So the questions will stop. The the guilt will stop. Everybody will understand like, oh, it's mommy's time. And at the end of the day, at the end of the freaking day, like, hear me out. Setting this example for your kids, if you have them, of you being important, of you needing time for yourself, is going to set the best example for your kids when they are parents, whenever they are struggling with making time for themselves, whenever they are feeling guilty for leaving the family and not doing all the things and and feeling selfish, like you are going to eliminate that from their vocabulary and their thought process because you're going to show them that it's okay, that they are okay, and that you are important and you matter. Even if you are a parent, even if you are a spouse, even if you work full-time, you matter. Your wants and needs matter. And what a gift to give to your kids. The, The idea that you shouldn't have to feel guilty for this. You shouldn't have to. Like, mommy's over here. I'm going to I'm gonna fight through figuring this out and I'm going to overcome that guilt and that idea that I'm supposed to be here for every little thing for every person. And I'm going to do that so that you don't have to when you're a grown-up, so that when you're a parent, you will remember that you are important and you can make this work too. That is my biggest takeaway. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it still happens. My kids will still say like, where are you going? What are you doing? When will we be back? But not nearly as much as when I first started, you know, getting into the habit of sticking to my three days a week again. Now, of course, I'm getting the whole like, mommy, you're going to work again. And so I'm working through it on that aspect, but still reminding myself of the same principle that I'm going to show you that it's okay to do something for yourself and to have something for you and have something that's about you. Like that's important to me. And you won't have to have these feelings of guilt because I will set the stage for you to understand that you do matter. And so you're going to set those times. The more consistent you can be with your days and times, the easier the transition will be for everybody. So if you decide Monday, Wednesday, and Friday after work or whatever it is, after the kids go to bed in the morning, however you have to make it work, the more consistently you show up at that time, the easier it will get and everyone will be on the same page with their expectations. I hope that that makes sense, but it is so important and something that not enough moms do. And not just moms, like people who who dedicate their time to helping others, right? To serving others. We feel like that's what we should be doing and feel selfish for doing something for ourselves. So just remember that you're setting the example for others that they are important too and should take care of themselves. Okay. Um, I'm 80 or 58 years old. Can I keep up? Absolutely. 100%. Um, a lot of my runners are in, you know, that stage of life where my kids are grown and I'm looking for something for me and I want to get, you know, I want to be healthy and I want to do it in a fun way. And, you know, I finally have time back to myself and, and how can I, how can you make this work? How can I make this work? And so of course there's the fear of like, can my body physically do it? I do follow this runner on social media on Instagram. And one thing that she always says, which I love so much, she said, this is what I say to people whenever they tell me that running is bad for your knees. I respond with, so is sitting on your butt. 
And I love that so much because it's true. Like we could go through life and protect our bodies by doing nothing, right? Not pushing ourselves physically, you know, keeping ourselves safe on the couch. But really, are we really doing ourselves a favor? Are we really helping our body by sitting and not engaging in physical activities, not pushing ourselves to to grow and and you know get into our uncomfortable zone? Like our brains need that, our bodies need that, and like yes, we always run the risk of getting injured. Injuries happen all the time. They happen walking down the street. They happen lifting weights. They happen during Zumba. They happen from sitting on the couch too much, and then suddenly you know your heart is injured. You, you know injuries happen all the time. So you can't. You can't go into something thinking, I shouldn't do this because I'm going to get injured. You listen to your body. When things start to hurt, when things feel uncomfortable, you go and get it checked out. Bottom line, period. And I've realized now I'm going to be 40 in 2023 in June. And my body is definitely different than it was when I ran in my 20s. And I have to pay attention to those aches and pains that I used to ignore. (laughs) I used to ignore all the time and say, eh, it'll be good once I warm up. That worked for me for years. It doesn't anymore. So I go and I I get an x-ray if I need it. I get an MRI if I need it. I, I, you know, take rest days if I need it. I use Voltaren if I need it, like whatever it is. Like you just have to listen to your body and, and respond and don't, and don't be, you know, crazy about it. But, you know, our programs specifically focus on slowly increasing our mileage intentionally. It's so that we can have a balanced life, but also so um, we don't overdo it. We don't overtrain. And so can it still happen? Of course. Yes. Runners that I have run with and who have been on my teams have been injured, have worked through them, have, you know, counted down the days until they could jump back into running. Nobody said like, well, that's it. I got injured. I don't want to run anymore. They said, I can't wait until this is better. I'm better. I'm strong enough so that I can get out there and get that feeling again. I miss it so much. And they do. And they come back whenever they, whenever they are able to, physically able to. Um, so 100% you can do it. If you are unsure, uncertain, you have got to listen to Joetta's podcast interview about the retired teacher. You need to scroll back a couple of episodes and check out Joetta's interview because she is such, such a firecracker. I absolutely adore her. Um, but she represents those later in life who are thinking like, can I do this? And she's going to get you so fired up. You'll laugh and you'll be ready to rock and roll. So definitely check that out. Um, I do always get these questions and I see one right here about breathing techniques. And I just talked about this in the live that I did for challenge day number one. Um, when I'm recording this part of this, this episode, we just finished challenge day number one and it was so good. And one of the things that I addressed in that challenge was how do I breathe correctly? And the answer is you just breathe. Your body knows how to breathe. Your body's not going to let you not breathe. If you're breathing too hard and you feel like you're not being able to catch your breath, you're going to slow down your pace. Your pace is like your ultimate controller, your ultimate gauge. So you suck in air through your nose, through your mouth, through your ears, whatever you, wherever you can get your air, get it. And your body knows what to do with it, you guys. You're not going, there is no special way that you have to breathe. Now, if you Google it, you will come up with 72 different ways that you can breathe in order to efficiently breathe while running. But I'll tell you what, you can find a lot of things what stride, what gait, what, how to hold your arms, how to, your posture, where you should put your head, your cadence, how quickly you should be hitting the, the ground. And if you're training for the Olympics, have at it, like go ahead. But if you're here to try to find, fall in love with running for it to be a part of your life that it, that is a stress reliever and not a stress inducer, and you want to meet some goals and feel good about it, just go out and run, slow your pace. If you need to catch your breath, and just breathe. Don't overthink it. If you keep it simple, your body knows what to do. If you overthink it, it will become stressful and you'll feel like you're doing it wrong constantly. 
Who wants to think about counting the seconds that they breathe while running? Nobody. It's not fun. You will not enjoy it. Therefore, you will quit. So don't stress about it. Keep it simple. Your body knows how to breathe. Suck the air when you need to and just keep it moving, you guys. If you absolutely have to because you're running out of air, slow down. You'll be fine. Um, okay, I'm worried about lack of consistency. You, that lack of consistency is hard whenever you show up for workouts that are five, six, seven days a week. That's hard for anybody. It is hard for anybody unless you literally um, are, I don't know, single and you work a job with you know flexible hours. Like that's extremely difficult. And that is hard to maintain and stay consistent with. Imagine now showing up for 30 minutes, three times a week. How consistent do you think you could be with that? Pretty consistent, I bet. I bet you could show up for a long time. In fact, initially, you'll be so pumped to get into a new workout routine, you'll want to do more than three days. But I say don't. Let it be easy. Let it be easy because there will be days when you don't want to go, but you'll remember like, eh, this is kind of easy. Like, I can do this. I can show up for three days a week. And it's it's very doable. Like, this is what you want. We're looking for easy so that you can stay consistent and keep going way beyond just, you know, two, three weeks of going all out for five, six, seven days a week. Like it's nuts. I used to do it, but I used to fail. I could never actually show up for all of the workouts that I planned on. So even though I had workouts planned for six days a week, I'd show up for three and call it a failure. Now I show up for three and call myself a success. Um, okay. Let's see. Yep. I'd like to learn, to learn how to breathe. Um, learning to run three miles without stopping, being able to run a 5k. Yeah, girl. So all you got to do is stay consistent. You get that consistency. It is amazing what will happen. I consistently showed up three days a week and made my way all the way to a full marathon, 26.2 miles. I did not win first place in my age group. So if that's your goal, maybe this isn't the right place for you. Um, but if you're here to crush goals, have a balanced life, do it in a way that seems attainable, stay consistent, be healthy mentally, emotionally, physically, and feel like this is something that you can manage and stick with for life. Like that's why people are running with me for years because it's doable, you guys. Three days a week is plenty. Three days a week is plenty and you will find success with it. You will find so much success. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I am right now, as I'm recording this end segment of my podcast, I am getting ready to wrap up day one of the challenge, which was so fun. We have people from all over the world joining us. We have people from the UK and Australia and Canada, the Bahamas, which was a fun one today. So it has just been so exciting. My hype squad is pumped. Our challengers are ready. And I just, this is it. Like this is it. This is when lives start to change. When you start to realize that you don't have to make it so difficult, that you can keep it simple, keep showing up for yourself and feel so amazing so amazing. So you guys, if you haven't done so yet, get out there on your runs, check your boxes three days a week, make it happen and feel so good about yourselves for making yourself a priority for investing in yourself. You deserve that time. You deserve it. And the people around you will benefit, will benefit from it anyway. You'll be a happier, healthier, more balanced person. So do yourself a favor, get out there and go on your walk, go on your run, make it happen and feel like a rock star. You guys are amazing. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys. Remember, if you heard something that resonated with you or something you think someone else needs to hear, make sure you share this episode. You can carry on the conversation by joining the Run Your Happy Life Facebook group or by following me on Instagram at runwithtinareppa. Send me a DM and let me know what you'd like to hear more about. I'm on a mission to turn non-runners into runners and doubters into believers. So if this is you, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Until next time, 
go get uncomfortable and chase that sunshine. <laughs>